welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum warp. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it, Bishop! Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it. Hello, everybody at home, and welcome. This is Punch It, writing in Star Trek. I am your co-host, Tristan Riddell, and with me, as always, is... Charlene Schmidt. Charlene Schmidt, we are going to give our listeners a fantastic episode this week, because last week we did a weird one, but I'm very, very proud of it, because what we talked about was what if, what if, Neelix and Janeway had a relationship, a romantic relationship, and it churned a lot of people's stomachs, but I think the people (laughs) who actually took the time to listen, actually realized that we made some good points and had a, a, a heartwarming story to present. And last week we said we were going to do the same thing this week. We're doing it on the fly where we're going to take two random characters and try to see if we can develop a romantic pairing between them. Now, in the interim between release and recording, we have gotten a few emails talking about how crazy it was or how um, how disgusting it was or how interesting it was. We got it all across the gambit. And um, one listener actually emailed us a, uh, a pairing suggestion and it was it was Picard and data. and I, I, I feel like this this pairing, I, I understand where this listener was coming from like when they suggested it. Mm-hmm. Because it's coming from to the say, same like, place, right? As it's, Janeway it's, and Neelix, where we didn't have an imp- like, like a sexually explicit romance, right? But with this one, it was they, they kind of referenced how I referenced Boston Legal about how it was two heterosexual men who kind of went into an extreme intimacy, and uh, with this one, the main reason why I don't, I, I, I don't want to talk about. The, I let me rephrase. It's not that I don't want to talk about it. It's that. One criticism of mine, and this is not of the listeners, it's of Star Trek in general, basically the the next generation, is that so much time has been devoted to the Picard data relationship. (laughs) If you look at every single freaking movie that the next generation had, the two main characters were Picard and data. The storyline was Picard and data. And then we get the Picard trailer and what's... What happens? We see that Picard is still pining over Data. So we're going to get more Picard slash Data stories. And so I'm just like, enough. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah, when I read the email, I thought, that's a great idea. And then a uh, New York minute later, I thought, you know what? This has already been done. Not maybe with, I don't know, with some intention, but maybe not quite in the way that we would mean it and in the way I think our listener meant it. Uh, meaning they really want to bring this to the forefront. But the movies, the TNG movies, were all about Picard and Data and their relationship. And I especially think of First Contact, where Picard knows that Data would not fail him. I almost feel like there's sort of a missing scene where those two are having this conversation, you know, where... Well, actually, we saw a part of it where uh, Picard says to Data, you know, oh... The Borg Queen, she wanted to make me closer to human or what have you. And she said, was it tempting? And point four, five, six seconds, whatever it was. And yeah. for an android, that's an eternity. And then you could add to that so easily. I never lost faith in your data. 
And that's, I mean, really? that That's all you'd have to add and you'd give that relationship that much more of a dimension. Those two are so freaking tight already. I feel like, yeah, the movies have already done it. We don't need to go there. And especially with Picard now, we're going to get more of it. Let's see what right. happens there. Right. It's To me, it was kind of like if someone came to us and said, let's try to explore Miles and Bashir more. And you're just like, we've done it. It's there. Right. <laughs> like, they did everything but kiss. Right. And I feel like this listener might be, you know, might not be, th- might be thinking like, oh, wait, no, that's not what I meant. I wanted to explore a different dimensionality. And that's cool. That's all great. Um, but with this one, I, I, with this episode and with this ongoing, which could be an ongoing series, I really want to focus on romantic, romantic pairings, like where it's kind of a, is it, was it behind the scenes kind of romance was it something that could have been brought about or is it just so freaking crazy it's weird to talk about and that's how neelix and janeway came about and indeed and can i just add i loved the cringe gifts that we got in response to the topic before anybody Mm -hmm. listened to the show that made my day uh and please do not forget the gift that i made specifically for (laughs) (laughs) this episode where it uh juxtaposed neelix and janeway in a bath together that thing is just a piece of beauty when i saw that i if i had anything near me i would have spit take on that thing (laughs) because oh my god i never put those two scenes together you did and it was beautiful now one thing speaking of data though uh, one thing that we have done in the past is we've talked about uh, the future of Trek, like people who could have been, this was a long time ago, we talked about uh, a relationship that Data could have with another character, and that was Seven of Nine. Like we talked about that at length. Oh, absolutely. About how a relationship could happen and how it super makes sense between Data and, um, and, and, and Seven of Nine. But with today... Let's talk about something completely random. So, like, what's? Let's start listing out some characters, and let's start actually. Let's think about some of those characters, and then um, go into something else because you have a review to talk about, don't you? Yeah, should we jump into that? Let's do that. Let's do that before we get going. Okay. So, yeah, a little bit of housekeeping. We have a review, and you know what? We haven't gotten a review in quite a while. So I'm pretty stoked. (laughs) I think our our listeners, they've all written the reviews, but we have a new one. Thank goodness. And this is from Alicia0511 from the United States of America. And this person says, I like this podcast for the same reason that I love Star Trek in general. And that is the positive attitude with which they deliver their opinions and writing creations. So many podcasts focus on what they like the least about the shows that they are supposedly fans of, but Tristan and Shar spend more time dwelling on the aspects of the show that they enjoy, and they expound on them in their writing. Their collaborative writing creations are drafted with respect and kindness for each other, and it's entertaining to listen to the process as it happens. I have listened to them from their time on To The Journey, and I'm also a huge JC shipper, yeah, and their creations (laughs) just seem to get better and better. Well, thank you so very much. They gave us five stars, and therefore that earned you a shout-out on the show. And if you have not written us a review, you know what to do. This is what will happen. And uh, thank you so much, reviewer, for helping us spread the good word. That's right. Thank you so much. And let's get started. Okay. So, characters, randomness. Now... I want to keep it within the realm of possibility as in, because you don't want to say like, oh, James T. Kirk and Belana Torres. You know, like you don't really want to do that. (laughs) Okay, so you're talking, let's keep it in the universe, characters who know each other. We're not doing a complete free-for-all here. 
I feel like I, I want to ask you about that, like because that's my gut, that's my gut instinct to do that. Not a uh-huh. free for all, not like an imaginary Avengers meetup or anything like that, but something where it could potentially happen. Now it could take place after the show, you know, something like a Data Seven of Nine thing. Sure, you know, where sure. Voyager well, gets I, home. Yeah, I feel like something. that is in the realm of possibility, just because Voyager did get home. Uh, I do think it's good to keep things like logically within the constraints of the time, uh, the universe, if you will. Like we don't want Kelvin vs. Mm-hmm. Kirk chasing after Seven of Nine, for instance. Right, right. Let's keep now, it within thing- the realm of possibility, just because there's so many pairing ideas we could have just with that alone. We don't need to go too crazy. Not yet. Now that might be another episode down the road, but for today, maybe we keep it there. There was one episode, if I remember correctly, where I tried to create a headcanon where um, Cis- not Cisco, geez, Chakotay and Janeway like, basically had a sexual relationship that was on and off again. Basically, uh-huh. whenever the other person wasn't in a relationship, they... Oh, wait, wait. It wasn't Janeway and Chakotay. It was... Um, it was Troy and Riker, is what I said. So basically, like, swingers, whenever... sure, yeah. yeah. Well, we, I'm, no, that's, would, that's kind of yeah. That is our headcanon as far is as their relationship. The right swingers is not the right term, but like, like basically, like whenever they weren't in a relationship, they were in a relationship because I don't know something like that. Because they were um, lonely. Yeah, and so instead of doing, so I, I don't want to go towards that kind of territory. Like, I don't want to go known shippings, like where I don't want to go with. Um, like what really was going on with Riker and Worf or uh, Riker and Worf. <laughs> oh, now Worf there's and, a pairing. There's a pairing. Um, but okay, so like do we want to say, let's say like, okay, so we did a Voyager relationship. Yeah. Last week. Should we try to look at Deep Space Nine and see what was going on or go to yeah. TNG? Something I think like that's that? within the realm here. Uh, now, you threw out Janeway and Neelix almost as a joke pairing and look at what happened. What is the most oddball mm-hmm. couple you can think of on Deep Space Nine? Let's like throw that out there and let's see if we can roll with it. Okay, oddball, oddball. Um, oddball. Obviously, you have a quark scenario, but I really, huh. really don't want to think of quark as a sexual being. Um, it's the lobes, isn't it? <laughs> uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. So, I mean, when you bring in... When you bring in Cisco, you have like a, a power dynamic that's weird that you couldn't really jump around with Jane. Actually, maybe you could with Cisco, like if it was a non-Starfleet member. Um, yeah. You ooh. know what, though? I kind of want to stay away from Cisco just because we already focused on a captain. Maybe we focus okay. on sub- subordinate officers. Because I was going to say, like, what if Cisco and Dax had a relationship? Because we got that one episode <laughs> where Cisco slept with Mirror Dax, and it was super weird, and nobody talked about it. It was and super weird, and that, like, in a way, that's kind of why I don't want to go there because it it was done in an incarnation okay. of the universe. Also, you have that added thing of like with the Trill having several lifetimes. Cisco sleeping with Dax is not just Jazia, but also Curzon, who was his good friend. They didn't have right. that kind of relationship. No, that's so that why would be it's pretty weird. messed up. That's why it's weird. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, I what what can we do with Dax? Dax is yeah. See, it's it's hard because so many relationships happened on Deep Space Nine. Right. So there many, are already so many. <laughs> like so like, many Ron relationships. And Lita, that would be a right. great joke pairing. Only that really happened. That's the thing is that there's so many relationships and there's so many um, 
people pining. Like you had Quark pine after Dax. Yes. You had Bashir pine after Dax. Yes. You had Dax actually hook up with Worf. You had yeah. um, Kira hook up with a shapeshifter. Yeah. And you had Odo, you know, like pining over Kira. And then you had uh, Worf, you know, like hooked up with Ezri. And then Bashir hooked up with Ezri. And Yikes. then you had, then you had, um, uh, geez, yeah, it's just yeah, like it just goes on, it just goes on and on. You even had that episode where people were like, like going after each other. So you had an episode where like oh, Kira, right. was, the virus, they they can't keep their yeah. hands off each other. Like like Kira went after Bashir for one time, uh-huh. and then I think Quark went after, um, uh, oh geez, who was it? Keiko, yeah, Quark went after Keiko. <laughs> now that is an oddball pairing. <laughs> I don't know if we could make that one work for the long haul like we did Janeway and Neelix. Sorry. <laughs> could you imagine no, he... Keiko divorcing Miles and saying, I'm oh, going to go run off with Quark and help him run the bar. Really? Really? No. <laughs> there's Keiko so much entanglement. Better. Yeah, there's so much entanglement that it kind of makes it weird. Yeah. Now, oh, my here, gosh. Here's... I didn't realize. That's a lot of freaking hooking up. Here's a question for you, though. Yeah. Do we want to make this a good relationship? I mean, well, relationships come in all shapes and sizes. It doesn't necessarily have to, does it? Right. Do we, like, this kind of goes against my very bones, but do we want to bring in some sort of weird infidelity thing with it? Do we want to make this an, uh, an affair, not oh, necessarily a relationship? Oh, boy. Okay. My mind immediately goes to Miles and uh, Kira. That's like, okay, so th- there was two things I was thinking of. Like, you have Miles and Kira, but you also have Bashir and Keiko. Oh, my God. Now, like, okay, that's weird, wow. right? Soap that's freaking opera. weird. Yeah, it's soap opera stuff, and it's super weird. Yeah. Now, I don't, I don't want to go towards the Miles and um, Kira stuff because we, we kind of got that. Like, we, we had that. Yeah. That like, instinct, they acknowledged it showed us it. what it could yeah, look like. Yeah, they went yeah. there. They didn't act on it, but they acknowledged that feelings were developing. Right, right. And that was weird, but I thought handled very well. I thought for what it was, it was handled pretty well. I mean, well. given the situation, sure. So, okay. That would be, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm envisioning now Keiko having an affair with Bashir, and that would do some horrible things right because miles and bashir their friendship immediately once miles figures out what's going on and it's him his best friend holy crap the fallout on that well here's the thing though is that this is what is extra grimy and disgusting Mm. is that if we tried to plan things and write things within the framework of Deep Space Nine and we tried not to change anything major just like we did with Voyager yeah. where like Neelix still left at the same time the same crazy events happened if we kept it that way the only way that we could make this happen is if Miles never found out oh so it's a dirty little secret how Ooh. gross is that like I, fe- I, feel I need so a shower dirty. now I don't like it but that's no. the thing is that like I like I like thinking about it just to stretch ourselves as as these improv writers that okay, we that yeah. we've become on Punch It. All I'm right. not saying we have to go this route. Like we don't even have to spend the whole episode on this. But let's Yeah, well let's, no, I don't want to spend an entire episode on this because then I really would need a shower because it is dirty. It's it's horrible and yet you know what? This kind of thing does happen and if it's going to happen with humans, 
it's going to happen on Deep Space Nine, at least in a Star Trek world. Now, right. that said, how can we make this work? Because it's usually Keiko who is off planet. She's right. often going to Bajor back and forth and toting around Molly and then later on Yoshi. And meanwhile, Miles is on the station. Julian's on the station. So where is the affair happening? Like, how are they doing this behind his back? Because they do have the scapegoat of travel. It's just, it would be really convenient if Miles were away and Keiko was still on the station and then she's hooking right. up with Bashir on the way out. We don't get that luxury. Right, a writing luxury. Yeah, like I think the the only thing that I can think of is like Keiko goes on a business trip or she goes to Bajor, quote unquote, where she doesn't actually go to Bajor. Uh-huh. And yep. like we have the scenario where Miles sees her off and uh but she but then all of a sudden we go we cut and she never actually left and she's in I don't I don't even like talking about this. This isn't fun. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this. You hated that. Now actually I'm kind I'm kind of trying to figure out the logistics of this where honestly I could see maybe uh Keiko and Bashir going off to Bajor together for a few days. She's got work things to do. He's going there for some work-related thing. But really, they're just making out in the freaking runabout. I think what would be interesting from a writing standpoint, because let's let's think about the show. Let's think about the show. Let's think about the relationship. Let's think about the writers and how they would do it instead yeah. of just doing okay. a what if anything could instead happen. Instead of I being feel us. Like, yes, I feel like what would be interesting, like if say that say that Paramount was just like you got to do this, or CBS or whomever, I can't remember. Paramount um, at, this, at this point. At this point, yes, yeah. so, like Paramount, like came down from on high and said that you have. To, my voice just cracked. Came down from on high. Um, <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> I'm I'm seven. No, uh, so <laughs> Paramount came down from on high and said this has to this has to happen. Uh, or you got to do something, uh, or we're canceling the show. <laughs> They're like, okay, we- <laughs> weird note, but all right. I mean, um, completely ridiculous, and yet not unfounded. They've had ridiculous right. demands before. I feel like how they would do it is they would do something like they did with Miles and Kira, where for some reason Bashir had to go to Bajor uh, for whatever medical reason mm-hmm. to to Star Trek the Star Trek. And he hitches a ride with uh, with Keiko, and there's some sort of weird thing that happens where it's just like, oh, sorry, uh, you know, there's no room in the inn, or like your hotel, like we don't have accommodations for you, like the whole like sitcom-y thing where there's like, wait, no, we're supposed to get two rooms. Like, nope, sorry, <laughs> like <laughs> we don't have two rooms. We only have the one king-size bed, or that kind of crap. And <laughs> so I think like that kind of thing would happen over the course of a week and we'd see them get really close, like super close, where the uh-huh. audience would be like, hey, now, what's going on? But then, of course, nothing would happen, just like with Miles and Kira. You know what? I think you're right. I think this is how it really would happen, especially given the context of 90s TV. Uh, I think what they, the writers like Iris Stephen Bear, Robert Hewitt Wolf, mm-hmm. and whatnot, they would touch on this. They would go there to a point, and then the conclusion would be Miles and... Um, or not Miles, <laughs> Keiko and Bashir would realize this is wrong. What have we, okay, we don't need to even talk about this. This never happened. We're going to blow it off because the consequences would far outweigh any 
benefit of telling the truth. It's true. Like every moment from from there onward would just be a garbage moment where like think about the that final scene of Deep Space Nine where Bashir is um is sending off uh Miles to to Earth and they have that nice bro hug and they love each other that would that wouldn't be the same you'd be like that's a lie you're disgusting right yeah and i don't even think we would need like a kiss or anything like that honestly i feel like these two would bond over their mutual affection for miles and that's what would make it awkward it's like you're talking about my husband the way i talk about my husband you know i have a feeling i could see keiko saying that sort of thing to bashir yeah, I do. I do. I think it would be that would be weird. Like that's what they that's the weird connection that they had and they figured it out. We're like, "Oh, that's why we have this weird intimacy is because we both love Miles so much." Like Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, and so then it's maybe not necessarily so much about them as it is about Miles and they can maybe exchange kind of like a mutual I don't know, appreciation for one another. As yeah. Miles' wife, Keiko does these things to keep Miles in check. And then meanwhile, while Keiko has to be away to Bajor or what have you, she appreciates Bashir for keeping him, you know, busy, occupied, giving him things mm-hmm. to do, uh, keeping him sane, that sort of thing. I don't know. There, there's a few ways we could go about that. And, and it's awkward all the while. Yeah. Yes. I think. I think we turn this into a positive thing because I really yeah. didn't like the idea of that. Yeah. 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 Just, like this, you know. an ongoing dirty affair. It didn't sit well with either of us. This is much better, and this is a little more Deep Space Nine. Like I feel this would be a really solid season four, season five B story. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. So we've done that. What the? <laughs> so what the heck do we do? Well, let's go to another series. Um. You know, as the week went on, I was thinking, what sort of weird oddball pairing could we have on Enterprise? Ooh, Enterprise, Enterprise, Enterprise. And you know where my mind went? I went to T'Pol and Hoshi, our two lone ladies on this ship, not necessarily having a romantic relationship, but is there a, is there a way these two would connect more intimately on this ship with a bunch of raunchy human dudes <laughs> for well, lack I of mean, a better way of putting it sorry guys i love you don't don't get me wrong i think it definitely was a missed opportunity to have a strong female uh friendship between T'Pol and hoshi uh-huh um i think it was uh, there was so many missed opportunities with enterprise um, absolutely they kind of regressed it, you know yeah it, voyager had tons of ladies doing all of the science and it was a beautiful thing. And then Enterprise, yeah, we're going to have a white male captain again and a whole bunch of dudes. And we're going to throw in a couple of ladies because we have to. Yeah, it, they definitely could have balanced it out better, especially with it being, you know, the the future. Yeah. Uh, but so I don't, I don't, I want to try to focus more on romantic pairings as opposed to intimate, you know, friendships. Okay, and okay. So I feel the problem is though, and I I mean I I like Enterprise I really do like I I do I yeah, do I like oh, me Enterprise too. I mean there's a lot to but, appreciate. But here's the thing: is that like let's think of a crazy weird pairing. So like let's put um, you know like Hoshi and Travis together. 
that just sounds so bland. It's so boring. <laughs> there is no spark in that relationship. I'm sorry. And you know why? It's because it's two incredibly underdeveloped characters. We don't know what a relationship would be like between those two because we don't know those characters well enough. Right, right. And I think the the only... Like the only weird oddball pairing pairing that I could think of that would be interesting from a development standpoint because they were developed characters would be Phlox and T'Pol. But we already established their friendship. Like we already yeah. showed that. Yeah, we don't want to screw with that. Honestly, I feel like any oddball pairing we could really seriously get out of Enterprise was done in the Mirror Universe. Hoshi sleeping with Archer. Boom. There you go. It's done. My goodness, I even forgot about that because I was thinking like maybe we could do Archer and Hoshi and I was thinking that could be interesting, but you're like, no, we did that in the Mirror Universe. Crap. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I mean, really, I feel like that's as far as that pairing needs to go. That's as odd as you can make it, at least yeah. in context of the series during its run. Now, what would possibly be interesting is what if Archer and Hoshi had a relationship after their time on Enterprise. I don't really see that happening, though, because Archer would go to Captain Hernandez. Those two have their on-again, off-again thing. Mm, I I felt like their relationship was really a relationship of convenience. Oh, like, totally. I felt, but wouldn't it I continue like to be would, that way? I, I think it would be... I, I think it would be a uh, a relationship of comfort. Like pretty much, kind of like what I what I thought Riker and Troy was during uh-huh. TNG. You know, like whenever they weren't someone, they'd hang out, and you know, if things happen, things happen, whatever. But sure. I I don't see them in a real relationship where I could potentially see Archer and Hoshi together. I could see Archer and Hoshi together more than I could see Archer and Paul together. Yes, for even sure. though they flirted with that for a while. Yeah, I was never a big fan of that at all. No, okay, so maybe we explore this for a second. After Enterprise, Archer is off doing, I don't know, starting the Starfleet things (laughs) or the United Federation of Planets things. Hoshi is probably back to teaching, I presume? Uh, Yeah. So, okay, if they're both, let's say they're both on Earth, there is potential for that to possibly develop. What would Mm -hmm. a relationship be like between those two? What are they... I mean, they're obviously connecting over their shared experience, but, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to say what is the end goal of this relationship, but what is the real meaning of this relationship? Why are they together? Aside from the fact that they went through some things. I like the idea of this relationship because it feels like something that wouldn't be that complicated. And I mean that in a good way. Okay. This feels like the type of relationship where, like, say it's after Enterprise, Maybe Archer's kind of gone into more of an administrative role. Hoshi's done with Starfleet, and so they're both on Earth. And I feel like they do have that shared history. It's just That's definitely an anchor in their relationship. Like, hey, do you remember the, that 10 years we spent on, uh, on Enterprise together? <laughs> and uh, they're like, yeah, no, that was a crazy decade. Um, I feel like that would definitely help anchor it, like I said. But on top of that... I don't know what it is. I'm trying to articulate it, but I feel like Archer would give Hoshi a sense of 
what's the word I'm looking for? Let me let me reverse that. I feel like Hoshi would give Archer a calming sense. I feel like Hoshi mm. has this ability to take craziness and bring it down to a comprehensible level. Like she didn't at the, at the beginning, like if season one, like she freaked out all the time. She had anxiety. She couldn't really handle stuff. But I feel like at the end or towards the end of Enterprise's run and of course when we jumped into the future, I felt a definite calming sense from Hoshi and also like she takes chaos and brings it down to an understandable level all the time with languages I feel like she'd be able to do that with Archer where Archer could suffer from anxiety or PTSD or the craziness that happened from the Zindi conflict and also just from everything like from losing trip and everything that happened on Enterprise I feel like she'd be able to kind of ground him and at the same time, though, like, I'm not saying, like, he would just kind of, like, feed off of her, like, suck her dry. No. But no. But Hoshi, I think Archer would give Hoshi a, what is the term I'm looking for? Just, like, <laughs> a, comp- a, 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 for lack of a better term, a complete feeling. Like, sh- he would give real companionship where he would help her out when she needed it. He would leave her alone when she needed it. And there would be no jealousy. There would be... There would be no sense of ownership. It would be truly companions. And I feel like that's what Hoshi needs, is that she needs someone who will leave her alone when she wants to be alone and will support her when she needs to be supported. And I feel like Archer's really good at that. Yeah, okay. All right. I want to break this down just a little bit because you said so many good things. I I buy this relationship now, right? So... Through Hoshi's experience, starting off just so scared of everything, having to rein in her anxiety, like you said, that does give her that calming force, right? She's a source of stability for Archer in this relationship then. That's what she does. So that's fantastic because she can kind of just either through example or downright teaching him how to deal with things based off of what she knows, kind of keep him level, But meanwhile, those two, yeah, I can see them just appreciating each other. There's a lot of mutual love and respect, and they're sharing their lives together. And it's just this beautiful thing. Maybe that's all the simplicity it needs to be. Yeah. It's a a simplistic relationship that just works. It just works. Yeah. I dig this. I dig this hard. I'm shipping them now. Yeah. I remember there was an episode in the third season that took place in an alternate future called Twilight. It's one of the best Enterprise episodes. Uh-huh. And it shows to Paul taking care of an amnesiac archer. Yes. And where every day he forgets everything. And I really like that. And I feel like that definitely sold the relationship between T'Pol and Archer. But I feel like in what happened, like in, in the universe that we know, in the prime universe where everything unfolded how it is... I do not see T'Pol and Archer together. I do not think they would make a good match. I don't think their personalities mesh well, but I feel like Archer's personality and Hoshi's personality are very complementary and would support each other as they went through their mutual endeavors. I agree. Those two are more complete than meets the eye. And meanwhile, I'm yes. sorry, T'Pol belongs with Trip. That's where her One love goes. That's where his love goes. Percent. So Can we... Can yeah. we can we not talk about this right now? I know. I'm sorry. I hit a nerve. I'm feeling it too. Let's move on. I have an idea. What you got? And I think this is this is the relationship that could close the show. Okay. And you're gonna you're gonna go. No, this is crazy. But I want to talk <laughs> Bring about it. it. TNG. Uh huh. 
you remember that scene in season two of The Next Generation where Wesley goes to um, Guinan and Riker to talk about how, you know, like, how do I talk to a girl? You know, like the prom's coming up. Yes, yes. And then we have Riker and Guinan just hurl uh, come-ons to each other in lines and totally. romantic lines. Yes. It's just like, I'm going to get lost in your eyes. And she's like, tell me more about my eyes and everything like that. And it just worked so well. It was a crazy amount of chemistry that we'd never saw previously or since. So these two actors definitely know how to work it. <laughs> and so I want to develop a scenario where they that sparked something. Mm, like okay. that situation sparked something. I'm so glad you didn't say Wesley and Guinan. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Cause like she could teach him so many things, but he's underage. Let's just stop there. Well, obviously we would, it would be after he was 18. Like when he came back to visit the ship or something I mean, like that. Is, uh, that uh, yeah. What is the but let's age stop of it. consent? I don't want to go down this road. <laughs> I don't want to go down this road those logistics. at all. Okay. Riker and Guinan. Well, you know, those two would have a really wild and fun fling. And then when it ran its course, it would be over and they would reflect back on it like, wow, that was a really good time. And they wouldn't necessarily even be sad that it was over. It was just, wow, that was a fun romp in the hay. I I think I I want to take it a little bit further than that because I agree really? with you. But at the, yeah, I do. I do. I do. But, but this I, is I Riker. With- but that's the thing. Riker, I think Riker gets a bad rap. He really does. You know I love Riker. I Yes, and I'm sorry that I'm ripping on him just a little bit, but he does have a reputation. It, yes, that's the thing. He has a reputation. But the thing is, and I was just talking about this the other day, where someone was coming in where they're saying that Riker was worse than Kirk, or if you look at what Kirk did, it really wasn't that bad. It's just an overblown, it's become a cliché. To say that Kirk bangs green women. Like, that's the cliche. Well, I mean, he does, um, but it is also a cliche. I agree with both sides. But then, like, and people are saying, well, well Riker's even worse because we see him hook up with even more people. And I'm trying to say, like, even though I have a definite Puritan background with repressed uh, uh, sexual feelings uh, towards um, monogamous relationships and non-monogamous relationships, even I can understand from a worldly perspective looking at Star Trek for the majority of the time, I'd say like 95% of the time, Star Trek characters have no life. Like they don't have a life. They barely have friendships. They barely have relationships, except when looking at Deep Space Nine, apparently. And and so when we see Riker actually have a social life, he actually has a sex life. It's not that bad when you compare it outside of the world of Trek because we're just not used to seeing it. So like if you, so if Riker was a real person and you had the same amount of sexual relationships in real life that he did in the show, you wouldn't bat an eye. In fact, if he was in a a 21st century drama, people would say, this guy needs to get out more. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Yeah. Can't argue that whatsoever. You are right. With that in mind, with that in mind, with right, like I want to defend Riker for that aspect, but also say that Riker is a very passionate person. He loves music, he loves women, he loves his job, he loves his captain, he loves his ship. And you look at how he treated Minuet in season two? Yes. And I think. 
Or was it one? Yeah, now? like... Oh, my gosh. I, can't, I know. It's. I, I think it was with the beard. Maybe not. I, regardless, you see how passionately he treats Minuet. You see how he passionately treats Troy. And he's a guy who loves to have fun. And then you see him with Guinan. Guinan has centuries, if not more, worth of experience in relationship experiment. Yeah. Experience. She's been married how many times? Yeah. And so I feel like this would be a whirlwind of a romance. I feel like they would they would know what they had and then embrace it. Where like I think it would like you said romp in the hay, I think it really would I think it would be a very sexual relationship where they could not keep their hands off of each other. We're talking like <laughs> thrown up against the wall, candlelights. We know that you know we know that Guinan loves candles. Like we yes. have candles all over the place. And 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 Riker and Guinan are just like what? like to the point where even Riker is just like I can't, the the spirit is willing but the body is bruised. You know, like we can <laughs> Oh my like, gosh, I'm having Tom and Bolana flashbacks. Yeah, stuff like that where it's just like these are two very passionate people and so i feel like i i think we could see Riker start to fall for guinan but then guinan kind of is just like okay will like i love you but not in that way maybe we need to stop like she treats him as like an immature person because she's so wise and old uh-huh and so he doesn't like maybe even from an audience's perspective we don't see Riker as being immature he's just pursuing a relationship but guinan's just kind of like this was fun but I mean, that's not what we're supposed to be right now. And then I want to see it end with maybe Picard finding out or Picard almost finding out and Riker freaking out. Ooh. Now, why would he be freaking out? Because I think there's been... we uh, like uh, There was one episode a long time ago where I talked about how I think... This is headcanon, but I think that Picard and Guinan had a sexual relationship way in the past and then now they've they've they ended it but are extremely close and extremely intimate without being sexual and they love each other they deeply love each other truly Uh without being sexual and so i think Riker understands this like he never saw any evidence of it he doesn't know that they were in a relationship or or maybe in this timeline they weren't but he knows that there is a special connection between Picard and Guinan. And it's an unspoken thing. And so maybe he, like, Picard almost finds out and Riker's just like, we need to be careful. And Guinan's like, why? And right. he goes, he's like, that's the captain and you're Guinan, right? And she's like, well, we've never been in a sexual relationship. And he's like, yeah, but you don't have to be in a sexual relationship to have some sort of weird fidelity. And Emotional I feel intimacy. Like yeah, there's an emotional intimacy. And so like Riker feels like, I feel like I'm going behind his back. And Guinan's all like, listen, I do what I want to do. But she does it in a much wiser, you know, Guinan type way. But she's just like, listen, it's my body. I do what I want to do. Picard does what he wants to do. Um, it's none of his business. Right. They're it's not none of my business, like you know, monogamously like attached. And maybe, you know what, maybe Riker does. Maybe, like, I've always kind of considered Riker a serial monogamist, where he goes from relationship to relationship, but when he's in that relationship with somebody, he's exclusive with that person. I I agree completely. I completely agree. Riker's a lot of things, but a cheater's not one of them. Not at all. Or not even a non-monogamous one. You can be non-monogamous without 
cheating. But you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but for him, that's his pattern, I think. And so this kind of weirds him out. And maybe he's looking for a little bit of a deeper, more committed relationship. And Guinan's just not going to give that to him. That's not what she's looking for. And maybe that's when the relationship runs its course and he realizes, okay, you know what? This was a lot of fun, but I don't think this is what I really want anymore. And maybe to add a few more layers to it, Riker uses Picard as an excuse to get out of the relationship to save his ego because he knows that Guinan doesn't want anything more. And Guinan totally knows that. And she's like, okay, Will. I love that. She would definitely, definitely recognize that. And I'd also like to see her calling him out on some of the BS with Deanna. And maybe that (laughs) makes him uncomfortable too. And makes him, maybe that makes him realize how his love for her is just, is much more intimate than what he has with Guinan. And maybe it ends, like the scene ends with her saying something akin to, uh, well, I mean, I'm not the one you're supposed to end up with anyway. And yeah, you're just going to run like, back to Deanna. Well, no, no, no. I just <laughs> wanted to say that line. I wanted to say, mm, I'm not yeah. the one you're supposed to end up with anyway. And she's, and he says, what do you mean? Like, who am I supposed to end up with? And she just doesn't say anything. Like, like Guinan does. Where she just, yeah, we both know she, here. She doesn't respond. You know, like she just keeps quiet. And then he's just kind of like, okay. And then walks out. End of episode. yeah it doesn't even need to be said right and there you go i love it well that's that's a pretty cool place to end off i think so i think so whenever i can talk about Riker, i'm like good episode (laughs) (laughs) if you could do Riker all day every day i think you would i would do a Riker show if i could well you know we're already doing one podcast but if you have (laughs) a pitch i'm willing to entertain it or maybe a Riker slash Bolana show. Like I would, I would go oh, yeah. between the two. <laughs> Inside the mind of Tristan Riddell. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody. That was our show. Uh, we hope you enjoy these romantical pairings that uh, we came up with on the spot. And uh, if you have any ideas of r- weird romantic pairings that you would like to pitch to us, please, please let us know by going to thenerdparty.com slash contact select punch it from the menu and then fill out the form it'll send us an email you can also find us on social we're on instagram facebook twitter you can find the show twitter at join nerd party you can find me personally on twitter at the insane robin you can find me at oh the profanity and uh, next week is a mystery and art mystery is fun but no matter what we do we're gonna punch it ready for warp sir let's punch it Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.